days, all I do is shine Take a breath and ease my mind And she don't cry no more She tell me that I get her high Cause an angel's supposed to fly And I ain't asking why no more Oh no, I take it if it's mine I don't stay inside the lines It ain't 2009 no more Yeah, I know what's behind that door Rest in peace, Mac Miller. We lost a real one, but let's get into it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the NBA Quick Report podcast. I am your host, Mike, joined by co-host Jalen. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at NBA Quick Report. As always, we're doing this podcast for one of the hottest sports websites in the district, dmvsportsnetwork.com. They can be followed on Twitter at dmv underscore sn. They have some great daily content up there, all Washington sports, uh, Redskins, Capitals, Nationals, Wizards, uh, we got fantasy football and tennis, so be sure to check them out. Also, be sure to like, review, and subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. Without further ado, let's get right into it. So we recently sent out a tweet asking for questions that you guys wanted answers to on the podcast, and uh, somebody sent... Is there any way for Jabari Bird to salvage his career in the NBA, or is he destined for overseas? And I would say there's probably a good chance he's going to prison. But after that, the overseas is looking bright for him, I suppose. The Shanghai Sharks. Is that one of the better <laughs> yeah, teams? probably. I don't even know. That'll work for him, but... He's a hit of D-Wade. Figure that out. Yeah. Um, one of the better questions we asked was our Dark Horse teams for each conference. Uh, for the Western Conference, I would say the Nuggets. They've unfortunately missed the playoffs a few unforgiving years in a row now by a game each. And uh, they took a risk at, I think, pick 14. It took Michael Porter Jr. And if he plays out at all with uh, Jokic on his new deal, Jamal Murray's got another year starting. Um, they just signed, I think, Barton to another contract. So they got their young core locked up. They're going to be really Gary excited. Harris, too. Yeah, Harris. And I they, think have, they'll, they have Millsap, too. Yeah. The team's, the team's to, loaded. They'll be able to make the playoffs this year, I think. Yeah, I don't see how they could make the playoffs. They're offensively just, it's ridiculous. But then you have, I mean, you have players like Gary Harris who can level them out defensively, um, kind of hide Jokic's defensive flaws. So, I mean, that's a, that's a plus there. We'll get into um, that. I have the Spurs, too, in the West. Uh, last year, forty-seven and thirty-five, best defense in the NBA. But that was without Kawhi Leonard too. So like, you add Demar Derozan to that lineup. Um, I know they're missing a couple guys. You know, Tony Parker's gone, um, Danny Green, Kyle Anderson. But realistically, adding Derozan, you know, with Lamarcus Aldridge and Coach Pop is just. I don't see how they couldn't make the playoffs. Couldn't I don't know how they could miss the playoffs. Honestly, they'll get it. And uh, DeJuante Murray really stepped up. I think he made second team all defense last year. He's like 20 years old. Yeah. It's ridiculous. He's young. Yeah. I don't know if he can get a bucket if you need a bucket, but that's what DeRozan's He's going to lock up your point guard, though. Yeah. Uh, I don't know so much about Dark Horse, but the Suns are going to be fun to watch. They're really young. They're very young. They have, uh, I, at the moment, I think Brandon Knight's are starting point guard. But if you can get past that and those antics, you got. Devin Booker, Josh Jackson, uh, DeAndre Ayton, and Michael Bridges. It's going to be fun for probably a decade. As long as they can stay healthy and keep the core together. I don't see how, you know. They should be able to. It'd be fun to watch. I mean, Booker can light it up. We haven't seen Ayton play yet, but, I mean, in college he was a monster. 
He'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. That type of game translates pretty easily. See what Embiid said about him? I did not. Dude. What'd he say? He's going to get his ass kicked is what he said. Aiden is? Yeah. We'll see. It's a big body. And he's massive too. He gets bigger every single time. I, I got to watch that game for sure. They got to put that on national TV. They got to change the lineup up. The Lakers are already on for that slot. Sorry. Uh, whatever. Um, looking at the East, I got the Bucks first off. Um, Giannis last year putting up 27, 10, and 8. You know, after being, you know, known as a project when he was drafted, no one ever thought he could reach this this kind of potential right now, but he's still going up. And How old is he? I think 23. He's, it's ridiculous. He's foul. Yeah. I expect him to put up similar numbers, if not better. He could be like a 30, 10, and 8 kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't even have a three-point shot. I don't think and, he and he still averages that. I mean, he's like 6'11". You he can't can stop him. Just shoot league average from three. Or even just take them and make people step out when he uh, is out there. One pump fake in one dribble, he's at the rim. He takes two steps from half court. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. Like, I've seen a video of it. Um, Middleton, too. Probably one of the most slept on players in the league. Uh, great shooter. Just he puts up a it's like twenty five and five a game. It's just it's ridiculous. Um, Tony Snell, great shooter, three and D kind of guy. Eric Bledsoe, you know he's kind of he hasn't really been the Eric Bledsoe that we used to know, but I mean he's still a great addition to that team. Yeah, Terry Rozier put him in a casket for a few games. Yeah, yeah, that hurts. And you gotta think last year they took Boston to seven games in the first round. I know they didn't have you know their full squad, but Boston was still pretty good in the playoffs. They were. Uh, what else do you have for the East? Um, I don't like it, but I have Detroit. It's because they're going to have a full offseason of Blake Griffin in that system. Uh, another year of Andre Drummond. And mainly, I'm just giving them a boost because I don't think the Cavs make the playoffs and somebody's got to get in, and they were right on the cusp last year. And I don't think Charlotte has it. I mean, the, the East is weak, but the Pistons are out of that group that missed last year. I'd say they're probably the best team. That's fair. I mean, they're talented. When you have Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond like that, you got to make something happen. You don't see too many, like, star front courts, though, anymore. No, it's normally the back courts that get it done. In today's NBA, at least, you know, shooting league. Yeah, they'll have to figure it out. Um, I like the Wizards. I mean, I feel like I've talked about them every single year. They've let a lot of people down for the past couple of years. Yeah, they're the Clippers of the East. But it's like their core, John Wall and Bradley Beal, Otto Porter Jr. and Kelly Oubre, they're all 28 or younger. So, like, now's the time. They added Dwight Howard. I mean, what he, last year he averaged 16 and 12. And he played almost every game, it seemed like. Yeah. It's pretty healthy. I mean, the team was like 13th in the NBA in points per game, 15th in defensive points per game. Dwight helps out the defense. Wall missed half the season last year, so if he stays healthy, you know, the offense is going to increase, um, adding Dwight, you know, the defense. So, I mean, they could be fringe top 10 in, in both categories. Well, th- that core is going to have to work out because salary-wise, starting in not next year but the year after, 2019-2020, Otter Porter Jr. is making $27.2 million a year, Bradley Beal 27 a year, and John Wall, $37.8 million. So they're not going to have any room to work with. So they're literally going to have to figure this out. Or at least the cap is going to jump again, but not enough to justify having $90 million wrapped up in four Jesus, players. That's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Another question we got, somebody asked, where does Curry sit all-time for point guards and in general? My friend thinks he's not even top 30. Top 30 what? It's got to be all-time, but even then, that's wrong. Maybe they're talking about out of all players, but still, he's honest to God probably higher than 30 right now. But going into the season, I think we both have him at point guard one. Yeah, for the for the current NBA, yes. Yes. Yeah. Even with what's your top five for the point guards? Um, I would go. Do you want to? If we're considering Harden a point guard, mm, no, I'm not. Yeah. All right. I would go. Uh, just for this season, I'd go Curry. Uh, Russ, Kyrie, and then it's kind of a tie for four or five between Lillard and CP3. Just for this season. I completely agree. You can make a case for either one. I mean, it's Chris Paul and it's Damian Lillard. So it's, I mean, you pick. I would say that it's, three, it's, three, it's, five it's is a, interchangeable. It's a but, coin flip on that. Yeah. But uh, as for all time, just among point guards, it's hard to say it, but he's probably the third best point guard of all time considering what he's done so far, trajectory of his career. He's almost guaranteed another two rings. Probably not another MVP, but I bet he's got a finals MVP in him. Well, he's already got a Hall of Fame resume, five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, two-time MVP, including the first ever unanimous MVP in the history of the NBA. And those two were back-to-back. Exactly. And the unanimous unanimous MVP season, steals and scoring champ, and 50-40-90 club that same season. And that was with half of his shots coming from the three-point range. Yeah. Crazy efficient. And just the shots he were taking, he was pulling up from thirty six feet. Yeah, consistently and just, just, and just them. yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And he'll probably win two more rings, at least. That gives him five. He's got three right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's he's, got, a, he's an interesting person to talk about. If he if he stays healthy, I can see him passing up Magic. You think he can end up one all time? I don't disagree. As a, as a point guard? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, not overall. Not over, No, no. He'll never pass LeBron or Jordan. He just was first, like, if he was like this since he came in the league, then there's, there'd be a debate, but he wasted six years just yeah. constantly breaking his own ankles. Right. <laughs> uh, well, I know another question we had was, you know, where do we have Kyrie ranked? We already said that. I yeah, mean, we I had him three. I have him season. three, yeah. A lot of people like the Lillard-Kyrie comparison, but... I mean, I just take Kyrie personally. Yeah, I guess it's whatever you want. They're, you're not going to like hurt your team if you take one over the other, but just the like the offensive peaks that Kyrie hits. And I know Lillard can go off for those big score games too, but Kyrie does it in the, the biggest stage. Yeah. We don't know if Lillard can handle that pressure. Well, that Lillard point. hasn't really been much of a playoff performer. Yes, he, right, had, he had... The series-clinching, game-winning three, you know, iconic for any Portland fan. I mean, the place went nuts. We were just watching the highlight today, actually. Mm. You know, but other than that, when has he really shown up and played to his all-star caliber level? I mean, they level. got swept by yeah. the Pelicans. Oh, yeah. And they were the, you know, the favorites. <laughs> yeah. They were the, the, whole they were the three seed, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. I mean... But Kyrie last year had... 24.4 a game, 5.1 assists, yeah. 3.8 rebounds. He only played 60 games, but they're going to get uh, Gordon Hayward back, and that's going to take some some of his usage down. It's going to take some 
pressure off of him, and I think he'll be able to raise his efficiency a little bit and not necessarily drop in numbers. So, yeah, I'll take him third overall all day. Yeah, I'm taking him third. Yeah. Personally, I like to watch him more than Russ, but as for, you know, pure stats, then I don't think I could put him over him. Yeah. Um, another question we got. Who make a starting five for your most overrated and your most underrated players going into this season? We'll just go in order. We um, do overrated first? Yeah. Point guard, I have Kyle Lowry. I mean, I feel like a lot of people would say Kyle Lowry. Kyle fucking Lowry. People still put him in the same breath as Lowe and Kyrie, and it's honestly so annoying. He hasn't proven anything to me in the playoffs yet. Yeah, for 82 games, he's good. Right. He's great. Good. He's yeah. not amazing. He's very good. But I still, even without the playoffs, I still take those two over Kyle Lowry. He's the guy that, like, the advanced stats people love. His shooting splits are usually pretty good in the regular season, mm-hmm. but he disappears in the postseason and that you have to take that into account. It's like I almost feel bad for him at some time, at some point. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Who'd you uh, have for your point guard? My point guard for overrated I have is Reggie Jackson. He's been solid statistically, 14.6 points a game, 5.3 assists, 2.8 rebounds. But his shooting splits, he's at 42% from the field and 31 from 3, which is just that's below. Terrible. Yeah, that's and I get it's Detroit, there's not a lot of spacing. And they want to run that offense to the front court, but 42% from the field, that's not going to cut it in 2018. No. Plus, he's just never been, I don't know, he's never taken that leap besides coming off the bench for OKC back then. And, I mean, he took a starting role and did fine, but he that's all he, he is. He hasn't really fun. progressed since then. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of just been the same old, same old. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, shooting guard, I have Zach Levine. I mean, he's really explosive. He's fun to watch. You know, the dunk competitions were amazing. And that's, I'm not knocking him for that, obviously. I'm knocking him for his terrible, terrible defense and his terrible efficiency. He shot 38.3% from the field last year. Did you know that? I did not. He missed. (laughs) That's abysmal. He missed 58 games. And his contract is four years, $78 million. I don't, I don't you know what me? to say about that. Yeah, I guess I that's, mean, the Bulls, what do you expect? It's almost $20 million a year. It doesn't make sense to me, those guys that have that extreme athleticism that just cannot guard anybody. I don't it's, get it. It's an effort thing. I mean, if you're that athletic, there's no reason for you not to be able to defend somebody like that. You can go behind your back and through your legs and windmill from the free throw line, but you can just shuffle your feet. Right. Come on. They're not asking him to guard the best player in the opposite team. Maybe they are. I don't watch Bulls games. I don't either. <laughs> um, I, for my shooting guard, overrated shooting guard, I have Kyle Lowry's ex-backcourt mate, DeMar DeRozan. For pretty much the same reason as Lowry was on the list. Is he'll give you a great regular season, and then he's just ghosts in the playoffs. Yeah, I feel bad for him, too. I don't know why it happens to those two. I think... I don't know um, if it was Dwayne Casey and the coaching or what, but... I think he's going to be a lot better in San Antonio, especially you, in the playoffs. You would hope. Assuming they make the playoffs. You'd hope. Yeah. But they have DeMar DeRozan and tall DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, so it's just going to be raining 19-footers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know we'll what see, that means. Yeah, you. we'll see how that goes. I'm not too sure about that. Who's your small forward? Um, Otto Porter Jr. And this is because of his contract. 
pretty much. Yeah. I mean, what did you say it was? It's like, like 27.3 million. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, so much. He's a solid player, but like nothing special. You would never when you're naming like the best players in the NBA, you no one on earth will ever mention Otto Porter Jr. No. Solid player, you would love and to have him on your piece, team. But, but he's not he's not a he's not a franchise piece, he's not mm-hmm. a cornerstone piece for your team. And if the fact that you're paying him a max deal yeah, Give me unreal. a break. That is unreal. That is stupid. You know who else got a big fat contract? Andrew Wiggins. My small forward. Stiff. He's just a guy that had a lot of hype around him coming into the league and he's kind of one dimensional in that he he can score and not even that efficiently and doesn't really do anything else. Last season he scored seventeen point seven points a game, two assists, four and a half rebounds. Those numbers were on forty three point eight percent from the field. 33% from three, and 64% from the free throw line. You this know is what, a guy that has the nickname Maple Jordan. I saw that. You know what's funny 64% is... 64% from the stripe. His calling card coming into the draft a couple years ago was his defense. Mm-hmm. It's and that was that was why he got picked over um, Jabari Parker. Because mm-hmm. he's extremely Parker athletic and has... Parker clearly had the better offensive game, but yeah. Wiggins was supposed to be the, de- the defender. You know. Jordan, he's, they called him the best prospect since LeBron. Yeah, shows you how that works. Yeah, probably. Whatever. Uh, I just don't understand those shooting splits. Yeah, it's, that's pretty bad. Uh, power forward, Blake Griffin. And this is because of injuries. I like him as a player. He's good. He's very good. But he hasn't played 70 games or more in the past four seasons. Four seasons. I mean, that's he's almost the sole reason why the Clippers didn't Make a finals run. He got hurt almost every single year. That's probably one of the better teams that never made never the really finals. did anything with it. Yeah. Oh, they're so talented. It's disappointing. Yeah. They had a squad. Every year that they were together, you and I going into the offseason were just raving about them. I picked them to go to the finals. Uh, I did the two, Warriors like two first years round. in a row. The Warriors I picked them to go to the finals. Round. Yeah. Obviously, it didn't work out so well. It did not. Now nobody's there. Until uh, yeah. next summer. Yeah. See about that. We'll see. Um, my power forward I have is Ryan Anderson. Um, two seasons ago, he scored 17 a game with six rebounds. He was making $8.5 million a year. This past season with the Rockets, the 65 and 17 Rockets, he put up nine a game and five rebounds, making $19.6 million a year. So his contract doubled and his production was cut in half. Points wise, and you can s- not you can tell out. the value of a player when they're being thrown around trade talks and For nobody wants him. Yeah, he was a contract dump. Yeah, you know you're not worth anything when they're trying to dump you. Just right. get rid of your contract. They don't even want a player in return. Take him. We will pay you to take him away. Yeah, he just got the bag and just that's fell asleep. Yeah, great shooter, but um, yeah, he's, he's not. He shouldn't be on a contender. No, no chance. Who's your five? I have a uh, Brook Lopez because he is just he is just not good. No, he's... I mean he used to be in discussion as a top center a couple years ago, like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, yeah, not that long ago, and now he averages four rebounds a game. <laughs> he's seven foot tall and he averages four rebounds a game. I don't know what it was, but last year there was a game. He like airballed a free throw. Next possession, he got swatted, missed the easy layup. 
It was on like NBA TV too, so he made a mm-hmm. fool out of himself. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I don't know if you're re- if you're, I gotta stop talking before I get pissed off. You're seven foot tall. You can't get more than four rebounds a game. Yeah, it is unbelievable. You can just stand under the hoop and put your fucking arms up, and they'll just right. fall in your hands. But but he wants to stand on the three point line, dude. You're and seven shoot. foot tall. He shoots league Go. average too. Yeah. Exactly. Go protect the rim, get rebounds, and help your team out. They don't need you shooting threes. You're seven foot tall. What would it be like to be seven foot tall? Yeah. I know. I also have a seven footer on my list. They're going to yell at me, the advanced statistic people, but I have Nikola Jokic on here. Uh, Players last year guarded by Nikola Jokic on average shot 5.9% above their season average from the field. Um, That is terrible. Of the 96 players that guarded... A player that shot that guarded ten shots per game, no matter who they were from. Mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic ranked ninety fifth. The only person that was worse than him was Jamal Murray on the same team, who allowed six percent more. Oh. Which is, you can I guess get by because those are guards, but I don't know. What What are their field goal percentages against him? Um, so not being guarded by Jokic. Those players shot 48.2% from the field. When he was guarding them, they averaged 54.1. That is terrible. That is awful. That is really bad. It is bad. I mean, he's great offensively, but, I mean, the and, defense is just... And he just got five years, $148 million. Something extension. like that. It was a big extension. And I get it. And he's, he's probably worth good. it. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's like a triple-double threat. It's just the fact that his defense is so bad... It's really hard for, you know, to compete, especially when you have a yeah. Your team is already bad defensively, and you have your cornerstone piece a bad defender too. I mean, it's it's hard. That's yeah. hard. I don't think he can be the best player on a, like, team that could push through the playoffs. He'd yeah. be a great number two, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see how Jamal Murray develops. He's really got to fix his defense too. But you can't have just these holes. You get past Murray, you get past Jokic, and it's a bucket. Right, you can't rely on one or two guys defensively to anchor you. You can't rely on Millsap and Harris to just carry the load. No. Um, underrated players. I'm starting off with a point guard here, D'Angelo Russell. People forget about him. Like the Lakers gave up on him. He's only 22 years old. He's young. I'm 22. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Injuries got to him though. Like for real. He's he's a main guy on a rebuilding team. Um. And he's going to show his potential this year. I think he's a lock 20-plus per game. Guaranteed. So. I'm saying at least 44% from the field, 36 from three. I can Those see, are respectable. Yeah, he, I can see him shooting a lot like that. I mean, the Nets aren't going to win many games. They're going to ask him to do a lot. Yeah. The second-best player on that team is probably Spencer Dinwiddie. And that's not even a knock on him, just a knock on the team. Yeah, I like Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. But he's a nice little breakout candidate. It'll be a good 24 games they win. Uh, my point guard I have for underrated is Drew Holiday. I love Holiday. He probably had his best season last year at 19 a game, 6 assists, 4.5 rebounds on 49% from the field, and absolutely locked down the Portland backcourt in that series sweep. He went off. He did. Yeah. It seemed like clutch time, there was probably the last four minutes of the game, there wasn't anything he wasn't doing to help win. 
he was the best guard on the court that series. He was. For when it mattered, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Absolutely. People overlook him. You know who else is overlooked? Who? Tell me. Mr. C.J. McCollum. Stuck in Damian Lillard's shadow. You know what? It's about time you respect this man. Great scorer. Great shooter. Great all-around player. I'll take him on my team any day. Love it too. And a little fun fact, we're recording like three miles away from where he went to high school. Oh, yeah. Canton, Ohio. Glen Oak High School. Damn right. All right, see ya. He's a, he's a player. He's a player. He is, and he, I think he's improved every single year that he's been in the league. And he's, I don't he's even know how old he is. He's young. He can't be older than like 24. 24. Yeah. Nice. NBA players in sync. <laughs> uh, my, my two guard is Bradley Beal. I feel like since he got to the Wizards, he was con- kind of constantly overshadowed by John Wall. But right now, the way that he sits, I don't see how he's at least not the second or third best shooting guard behind Victor Oladipo. Maybe you could say it's a toss-up between him and uh, Chris Middleton, but I think just for this next season, I, I would take Beal. Another guy who's I mean, he's kind of stuck behind the point guard. Yeah. Wall gets most of the, the, the talk there. I don't Beal. know if John Wall's better than Bradley Beal. <sighs> Injuries got the best of him, too. Yeah. yeah I don't he know. missed 41 games last year. Beal can shoot the ball. He, I mean, he shot the ball in college. What, Florida, right? Something like that. He went, he went to so. Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Hell of a shooter. I, w- I wanted the Cavs to take him, but he went before, so they took Deion Waiters. Yay. That worked out <laughs> so well for the Cavs. It was a fun time. It wasn't fun. It Watching was Deion clap his hands 40 straight times from 36 feet behind the line. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, Small forward here, Chris Middleton. Fun fact for you guys, 11 players last season had averages of 20, 5, and 4. Chris Middleton was one of those players. In the, same, in the same name as like, you know, a KD, a LeBron, those kind of guys. A, Chris Middleton is in there. One of All-around versatility. 11. 11 people, he's one of them. Yeah. Would you have guessed that? Because I wouldn't have. I would not. He's a good shooter, too, and he's just massive. Good scorer, good shooter. Yeah, he's a good size, too. He can play multiple positions. You can't block a shot. No. He you... shoots three feet above everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, that, that Bucks team, has they got a lot of potential. They do. And Brogdon will take another step. Maybe Delhi can get his minutes cut. That'd be mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Who's <laughs> uh, your small forward? My small forward, this man, Tyreek Evans. Last year, he averaged 19.4, 5.2 assists, 5.1 rebounds. So he was 0.6 points a game off of that 25-5 and 5 mark that only 11 players hit. Unfortunately, he only played 52 games. Uh, that's kind of been the, the knock on him is his health. So the last three seasons, he's played 52, 40, and 25 games. So all he really needs to do is stay healthy, and he's going to produce. He also has a very strong nickname, Reek Havoc. <laughs> I like it's it. Hard. I like it. I do like it. The thing is, though, he was coming out of college. That after that rookie year, he had a phenomenal rookie year. What he was this, you told me this stat earlier, and I forget it. Um, it was. I'll look it up. I think there was four players in history to average twenty five and five yeah. in their rookie year, and it was Oscar Robertson, Michael Jordan, 
LeBron James, and Tyreek Evans. And Tyreek Evans. Those are the only four players that have hit those marks in their rookie season. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. Would you have guessed that? I would not have either. No. Two fun he facts. Had, he had to have won rookie of the year that year. I have Aaron Gordon for my power forward. Um, it took him a couple of years to get going, and I feel like it's because they didn't even know what position he was. They started him out as a small forward, yeah, they kind of moved him to power forward, back to small forward. I don't even know what he is right now. He's got to be a power forward, but they yeah. had him at small forward for the longest time, and he wasn't ready. I think he played a lot of three last year, too. I don't know. It was like a little bit of both, but he can hit the outside jumper now. Averages up about 18 and 8. Um, freak athlete. Obviously, for those who watched you know, the past couple of dunk contests, it was just incredible what he did. Um, he's really developed his game inside out, and he's looking like a, a real franchise player. For a weird Magic team, their their front court is really weird. They have they have him, Vucevic, whatever you want to call him. He's not bad. He's he slept on. He's pretty good. Then they have my boy Mo Bamba. Maurice Bamba. He's so good. He is. He's so good. Anyways, you you get your guy. Uh, my four is Laurie Markkinen for the Bulls. Oh, dude. He averaged uh, 15 a game and 7.5 rebounds. Um, I'm just really excited to see what he can do with an expanded role on a team with kind of no expectations and with a whole other year in the league kind of get the rookie jitters out. He's going to be really good. And he's mad, just a big human. He's and got he a strap clip. Threes. He does. Yeah, he's, he's got wet. a clip, dude. So sopping wet. Oh, dude. <laughs> Who's your five? It's my boy Steven Adams. Bruiser, uh, really efficient low post scorer. He's at like the sixty percent mark shooting wise, yeah. and he's great at setting screens, rebounding, defense, doing all the dirty work. Um, he's got great hands too. Like Westbrook fires those passes at him, he catches it almost every time. And I don't think they use him enough. I know, but it's just the fact that like he's so reliable. Mm-hmm. Give him the ball, he's not gonna turn it over. He's going to do the right thing. I mean, obviously, 60% means he's pretty efficient around the rim. Oh, yeah. Um, the tattoos, the hair, too. Dude, he's evolved. He's evolved as a player and as a human. He's also somebody that, like, if you told me he was 33 years old, I wouldn't doubt it. But he's, but he's like, like 24, yeah. 25. He could push for 40. He could. <laughs> he could with that thick-ass beard. He's big. He's, like, 7 foot. Mm-hmm. He's huge. He's a thick boy. No thanks. I would not. I no. I'll take someone else. Um. My five. Clint Capello. Uh, he has improved statistically the four years that he's been in the league. He used the anchor of the defense for the sixty-five and seventeen Houston Rockets, also the number one seed overall in the league. Uh, and kind of. For that offense and for what Harden wants to do, he was everything that Dwight wasn't. There is no drama with Clint. He sets screens and rolls to the basket hard. He barely even talks. Yeah, he just does his job. I like he him. He sits down there, swats the fuck out of balls, and dunks. And you can knock him for that all he want for not being versatile, but the Rockets team doesn't need a versatile center. No, they already have... They have two of the best playmaking guards ever. Exactly. So what else do you need in a big man other than defense... Catching lobs and being athletic. They would have. That's all that they need. They don't. They don't need um, a Carl Anthony Towns. They don't need. You don't need somebody to 
like step out and hit a three. No, you don't. You just don't wait down there. Crazy like that. Yeah, be like a safety net for Harden and Chris Paul to throw a lob up. And obviously, that's what he's used for all the time, and it works out in everyone's favor. To the tune of sixty-five games. That's right. Uh, I got somebody else as an honorable mention for underrated. That is our friends at DMV Sports Network. Absolutely. I like to remind you all to please check out their website at dmvsportsnetwork.com. And if at all you're interested in joining a writing staff or maybe even our podcast team, do not hesitate to send a direct message to at DMV underscore SN on Twitter. Right now we're looking for additional capitals and fantasy football podcasters and writers. So again, if you have any interest or you just want some information, send us a DM at DMV underscore SN on Twitter.com. Another question we got. Somebody wanted to know the state of the Cavaliers team going into the season, which that's kind of up in the air. A lot of people thought that they were going to kind of tank this year and get a high pick for the draft with R.J. Barrett in it. Um, and then they signed Kevin Love to that big extension, that big deal. So It's hard. You know, we're all Cavs fans here. <laughs> At least we are. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really hard to gauge this team. I mean, they have enough talent, I think. It's just you have to be careful what you're wishing for because if you don't know this by now, they only keep their draft pick if it's a top 10 pick. Is it from the Corver trade? Yeah, with Atlanta. Yeah. If it falls between 11 and 30, the Hawks get it. And in a top-heavy draft, you're going to want that top 10 pick. You do. You're going to take your risk and go out and end up getting the ninth or the 10th seed and not get a first-round pick for that. So you miss the playoffs and you miss a first-round pick. Where do you win in that? You don't. You'd be Even in back. Okay, say they get the eighth, the eighth seed. Congratulations. You now get to play Boston in the first <laughs> round in Boston. Or Toronto or Philly, and none of them I want. Really I want no part, part of that. Yeah. Get I, your top ten pick. Go get the fourth pick. Get Zion. Oh, goodness. Jesus, dude. That dude's it. an animal. He'd be the heaviest player in the league, and he jumps higher than anyone I've ever seen. When uh, when they were measuring his vertical, they had to put the stand on like bricks because yeah. he maxed it out. Yeah. He's disgusting. It's like his chin is at the rim. Yeah. <laughs> Not his head. His entire skull goes to the basket. I just I just don't want to be middle of the pack for the next 10 years and waste the rest of what we have with Kevin Love. That's why you need that top 10 pick. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't get that and you don't make the playoffs, you're just mediocre. Your guys can develop, but you also have nothing to show for the bad season that you had. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm saying tank. I would agree with you. As as much as I'd like to see a competitive Cavs team, this isn't it. And I'd also like to go to games for $13. And but, I, f- I feel like Gilbert is trying too hard to put a winning product on the floor. He is. I think just to kind of prove everyone wrong, saying that you know they can be competitive without LeBron, you're not. Just face the fact that you're not. Big facts. I yeah, mean... I don't know. Give it a few years. Out of that entire roster... The only players I don't want to trade are Sexton, Chetty, Larry Nance, Kevin Love. That's a nice core. Uh, anybody I else is on the block? Love uh, doesn't have a ton of time left. I mean, he's he's still, I think he's 30. He's 30. He gets eight years left and That's probably fine. four of like really good 19 and 9. Yeah. On this team, he might be closer to like 23 and I 10 think, and a half. I think Sexton could be the real deal. He could be. 
he looked really good in the summer league. He just explosive. He, he just has one gear and it's fucking full throttle. He yeah. plays like Westbrook, but like not as savvy because he's twenty. So. Yeah, yeah. We have a uh, a listener with us right now, a good friend of ours, Mister Joe Wood here, huge Cavs fan. Just want to hear your takes on it, Joey. Uh, go ahead. Floor is yours. I know you're a Cavs fan. So, what are you looking for this year? And what's your take? No bias. Just kind of like, what What do you think the Cavs are going to do this year? What's going on? Podcast. Um, just, I mean, as a, as a spectator and a fan of the Cavs, I think that, um, you know, we, we, we made the right moves, you know, in the offseason, uh, signing Kevin Love because, I mean, we, we still need to have that that star power, um, at least someone on the floor. Uh, losing LeBron was a, a huge blow, but um, a lot of people um, aren't too big on the Rodney Hood deal. Um, I, for one, am a huge fan of Rodney Hood. Um, I think that last year he didn't have um, too much of the ability to, when he even wanted to get on the floor, I guess, um, right. play, you know, and, and, and you know, kind of lead like he did in, in Utah. I think he was at 16 a game in Utah. I mean, he's a player. Yeah, he can he can create his own shot, and that's what I really like about him. You put him on the floor, he's gonna you know he's gonna be ball dominant, dominant, and he's gonna he's gonna find his shots. He's gonna make them. Um, I mean, it's just a matter of you know giving him that that time on the floor. He's gonna get the chance. I think he was timid too, playing with LeBron James. Obviously, he never. I mean, he hasn't really played with a player of that caliber. I mean, he played with Jabari Parker at Duke, but they were. They were neck and neck, you know, as far as, like, shots taken and things like that. But you, you come to Cleveland, you play behind the king, yeah. you're going to be a little nervous. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the other thing that you got to think about, too, is, you know, that you come from another team halfway through the season that have kind of, you know, they've made their mark. They, they kind of they know who they are. And you have to kind of fit in and try to do what you got to do. And that's kind of hard, especially, like you said, with a LeBron who is, you know, he's his worth ethic is just, it's unbelievable. He demands, he's so demanding, but, um, you know, give him the ball a little bit more without, you know, worrying about if he's going to fit in with LeBron and, you know, all the, all the guys on the floor. So I think he'll, he'll have a little bit of a breakout season, especially, um, you mentioned earlier, kind of someone that's finding their swagger, you know, evolving Steven Adams, um, Jetty Osmond, this dude. He last, you know, he comes in the league. He he's just like a, a little average white kid, but you know, you see him in the the summer league last or this season. Um, he's got the the leg sleeves. He's got the armbands. Like he's he's ready to go. Yeah, I think he's, he's. I mean, he was playing pickup with LeBron and KD. Yeah, I mean, exactly. He's, Come on, he's playing pickup. He's he's trying to find himself and the moves that he was he was he was doing. I mean it looks kind of something like LeBron. I mean, you can tell he was training with LeBron. He, he's he's learning from LeBron. And, you know, LeBron called him his rook. So, I mean, I'm sure he's learned a little you know, bit. He did, he, you know, he took him under his wing he for did. sure. Yeah. What's your what's your expectation for the season? Do you think it's – are you more on the tank side? Are you more for uh, go for broke, go for the eight? You know, go shoot higher, obviously, than the eight seed. But I mean, as a, as a huge Cavs fan, obviously I'm going to want to make the playoffs. I mean, we've been lucky to have – the, a playoff run the last three seasons. I mean, so it's it's huge for me to to want to you know see them make it deep in the playoffs. But in reality, it's not going to happen. Um, I think like you're saying, we should we need to you know still play hard basketball and and everyone needs to develop. But at the same time, we need to realize that 
we're building for the future of the franchise, obviously, with LeBron gone. Um, so getting someone high in the draft, you know, is, is kind of crucial. But, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, – I don't think we're going to be terrible, uh, but, I, you know, I don't think that we're going to be a – Really competitive. Right. I mean, it's yeah. the East. You can make an argument for that, but still, it's we, we lost uh, some key guys. Yeah, middle of the pack, I would say. Right. Like a wise man once said, trust the process. Uh, that wise man, phantom of the process. So does the acquisition of Mello help or hurt the Rockets? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, from a basketball standpoint, it helps because um, it spaces the floor and it takes the load off of Harden and CP3 as far as isolation offensively. Um he had a bad year with OKC. You can't just take one year and call him, you know, washed up in a scrub because he could bounce back. I mean, he's still 33, so he still has some time. It's Carmelo Anthony. He's a hell of a player, shooter, scorer. Um, just the year before, he had higher percentages and 22-6 and six in New York. So, I mean, he's still got plenty of game left. I can see him getting back to a higher efficiency, playing with CP3 especially feeding him the ball like that. I mean, Russ isn't half the passer as CP3. I know he you know, had the triple-double, but um, he turned the ball over a lot and was just too, too over the top of the ball. And it hurts the team because of what Houston had to do to get him. They let Ariza walk, um, and Bob Mute, Anderson... And losing and Bob Mute and Ariza like that, those are their two best wing defenders. So when you're going against the Warriors trying to guard, I don't know, Kevin Durant, um, Draymond Green, you know, Kalei Thompson, wing players like that, who's going to guard them? Can you see Melo guarding Kevin Durant? Probably going to be P.J. Tucker or uh, Gerald Green. Yeah, but they, can't, but they can't play 40 minutes apiece. They cannot. Neither one of them can. But they and they're not really, you know, big contributors offensively. So you got to keep Melo on the floor somehow. It's just the fact that they lost a lot of defense, defensive depth, especially um, to acquire Melo. But I don't see it hurting them overall as a team. Um, offensively, I, I just like it outweighs the defensive losses. Um, Melo's Melo. He's gonna get his shots, and that can be a bad thing. He likes to take isolated jumpers in terrible times. So statistically, it might not tell the whole story, but the rotten like you might have a situation, crucial game bucket, and Melo's going to demand the ball and take a dumbass shot. He's just it's just going to happen. Yeah, and he did. He's done his whole career. And that it, that and it works when he was in his prime. Six but... jab steps and then the jumper from eighteen feet with mm-hmm. a hand in his face. Mm-hmm. It goes in. It looks great. Looks great. Six years ago, yeah, but he can't do that anymore, especially with the the weapons that he has with the Harden and CP3. He can't hold the ball that long. Yeah, there's no way he needs to let it swing and he needs to not waste the playmaking ability those two have. And they're gonna set him up for a good shot. He's gonna get the ball in the wing and take seven dribbles and then pull up and beat it off the backboard. I just hope he can realize that he is not the player he was. He still can be, just not in the full give me the ball aspect. He's gotta he's gotta know his role. He has to know that Harden is the guy and CP three is a close second. 
And Melo is the afterthought stepchild. That team might be best if Clint Capella is the third scoring option, and then him. And I don't know. Clint Capella is not going to make his own shot, but they're going to run plays specifically well, for him biggest, to get done. Uh, benefit yeah. from Chris Paul, especially and Harden and you throwing those lobs all day. You can't just continuously take perimeter jump shots and I mean keep the defense on their toes using Capella. Yeah. And then Melo's going to get more spacing from that because somebody's going to have to stick to his hip. So here's another interesting question that we got. Uh, who's under more pressure this season, Towns or Jokic? Um, I'm going to say I'm going to lean towards Carl Anthony Towns. Um, today, which is September 22nd at 8.40ish, Towns agreed to a Supermax extension with the Timberwolves of five years, $190 million. It's almost $40 million a year. I'm sure it is. Here to... <laughs> That's crazy. Um, also, I'm sure people, by at least the time this podcast comes out, are aware of the situation in Minnesota with Jimmy Butler demanding a trade. So... I kind of think that this extension is the Timberwolves choosing Cat uh, over Butler, and uh, that that in itself is going to put pressure on him because over the last three years they missed the playoffs twice. This past season they were the eighth seed and got just stomped by Houston. They won one game, but it it wasn't a particular, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. a series. It was right. not a series. It didn't. But. Uh, before that contract, I was kind of leaning more towards Jokic because he himself got that big deal, the 5 for 146. And also on that same spectrum, you could say that the Nuggets have missed the playoffs by a game or two the last two years. And he's supposed to be this transcendent talent and this centerpiece for a franchise, and you can't make the playoffs. And so you'd kind of pick your poison, but I would lean towards Towns because they made the playoffs and because they have so much talent around them. And the front offices are putting their faith in him over Jimmy Butler, who is an established star and a versatile wing defender, which is hard to find. Yeah, I agree with you on Towns. Um, there's more pressure on him, especially with the deal he just got. You know, I don't know if you guys remember, but in the playoffs, in games one and two combined against Houston, he had 13 total points on five of 18 shooting. This is a guy who averaged like 22 and 12 a game during the season. Yeah, he was exposed a little bit. Capella just ruined him. That was, was his first playoffs, though, and it was happened to be against the best team I, in the league. I get it, I get it. But Houston plays such a fast pace, there shouldn't have been a problem with him offensively. So after, you know, halfway through the series, everyone's calling him soft. People are going crazy about it. Charles Barkley went as far to say as. This guy is not very skilled. He's got to work this offseason. That might have been pushing it a little far. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's very good. Slap his lips. Yeah, he likes he's to run got a lot of his raw talent. Yeah. He's very he's, talented. And that, but he does need to find tool his game. I swear there was a story that came out, and one of the reasons why him and Butler don't get along, he plays Fortnite all night. And I swear to God, I heard he did not know who they were playing until – Pre-game shoot around. Yeah, he'll walk in and not in the playoffs, shooting. but like during a regular season yeah. game, he just he's like, oh we're playing, well, he oh we're playing the, uh, the Celtics today. The, yeah, and Jimmy Butler pissed him off. Yeah, I mean he'd still come out and most nights get twenty five and ten against them. So right, but that's that's not that's not how it's supposed to be in the NBA. Yeah, he's got to fix his work ethic a little bit. It'd be a shame to see that talent not reach its full potential because I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but his first couple years compare statistically like Shaq. Oh yeah. 
So he's no, he's got some gaudy numbers. Yeah, that is kind of crazy to think about though. Like, do you do you try to build off of a young kid who doesn't even know who they're playing a day before or ten minutes before the game starts? Right. Like, that's crazy. He's got to put in the work. I mean, obviously he's talented. It's just it's just a matter of how bad do you want it. And the situation that's happening in Minnesota, it's just it's a shit show right now. You don't know. I don't know what's true, what's not, and it sucks. But um, I think that that ties into our next question, which is between now and the trade deadline, what would be the biggest NBA trade happening throughout the league? I think the obvious answer there is Jimmy Butler. Yeah, he might be traded before this podcast releases, but uh, he might get traded within the next hour. So you never know. Um, exact words from Wajbom. At 9.38 p.m., he said, Minnesota owner Glenn Taylor has made it clear to President and Coach Tom Thibodeau and GM Scott Layden that Jimmy Butler's on the trade block and Taylor wants the front office moving to find a deal. Taylor is pushing for a fast resolution. Uh, Thibodeau's general manager, Scott Layden, had been shutting down trade inquiries for Butler in recent days, and Taylor has demanded that Layden not only take calls on potential deals, but reach out to initiate conversation. So they really, really want Butler gone, and they want it done fast. That's cr- what happened. I don't know. There, is- there was a rumor that uh, Jimmy Butler had sex with Carl Anthony Towns' girlfriend. That's why they broke up, and then that's why Butler demanded a trade. I saw that too, but I don't know. One, I don't know if it was Butler or Towns that commented on one of the posts saying this is completely false. Wait, you see Obviously, him- I'm not gonna say. Oh yeah, it's true. Did you see him comment? Jimmy Butler commented on Gabby Union's post. I did see that. shut that shit down. Yeah, I did see that. That Maybe he's just running through the league. He's taking after Tony Parker. Maybe. (laughs) If you're Minnesota, though, on the flip side of that trade, who do you anticipate trying to get out of Jimmy Butler? I mean, you're losing a star power guy, but like, who who do you try to kind of fix? You know, put in that hole that you that you're losing there. Well, well, now that word's out, no one's going to give you a full price offer for him. You're not going to get what he's worth because now everyone knows he's available right so like oh well I could just we could just wait you know see what happens let them let their team go to shit with him on the on the roster if it's that bad of a situation on the same spectrum of that if you make it known that you want to trade Jimmy Butler and that he's going to be traded to the highest bidder that could just drive up a price war it could so if you want him you're going to have to yeah, yeah you're going to have to be willing to pay for him yeah, I was looking at, um, the, you know, the NBA trade machine, and realistically, I know the Knicks were on his short list of teams he wanted to be on, and you could you could put together salary wise this works, and then with the, it, it could it could work. They really value Frank uh, Nilakina a lot. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the greatest year, but he's so young and he's so raw. He's six five with a seven foot one wingspan as a guard. Yeah, he's long. I mean, he's he's got the potential to be really good. You put him with like a Courtney Lee, a very serviceable shooting guard, um, three and D kind of guy, good role player, and you throw in a twenty nineteen unprotected first round pick to sweeten the pot. I know those two guys straight up for Jimmy Butler is gonna get laughed at, but you throw in a a twenty nineteen first rounder. It's gonna be a high pick. Probably. And Jimmy Butler is good, but he's not going to make the Knicks 
a finals contending team, especially when Chris Dabbs is out until at least Christmas, probably more likely towards like Valentine's Day. Somewhere around there. It's going to be a long time. But they're not going to rush him back because it's Chris Dabbs or Zingas. You're not going to risk future injury, you know, like a Brandon Roy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But getting him to the Knicks might be setting up a long con for a little Kyrie Irving action after this offseason because... So ready for a next summer. Yeah, you know Kyrie and Jimmy Butler want to team up. Well, I thought the Nets made a lot of sense, just the cap space they have and no, they know, could, the yeah. young players. And I mean, I don't know if Kyrie just has a massive ego and he really needs to be like the one or the two on a team. But the Nets, besides like D'Angelo Russell, don't really have a ton to draw attention away from him. So I could see that making sense. Honestly, they might move Russell. If Kyrie's going to come. They could, yeah. That'd be the second time he got moved because a new guard's coming right. in. The thing is, though, with Kyrie, I don't understand his, what he want. Like, what does he want? I don't know. Because he seemed really happy before LeBron came back being the best guy on a shitty basketball team. I don't know. That's not the I goal, is it? I reading something in uh, the summer of 2014-15 when LeBron said he was coming back home. I don't remember who told Kyrie, like who broke him that news, but he didn't care at all. Yeah, like, I he was hear just about that. stoic, yeah. straight faced, did not give a shit. He was he was kind of upset, like, why? Like this is my team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looked really happy when they won the title, but then he bolts, and all that all that stuff comes out. Whatever. I'm not gonna. That's that's another half hour discussion about the Kyrie Lebron Cavs situation. Also, during that finals run, was that the year? That, that we won was that the year that Kyrie went like a month without speaking to anybody on the team it might have been that? it was during the playoffs too yeah, it was, he would come yeah. in to practice he would do his thing and he would just he wouldn't talk he would just mm-hmm. leave yep it's really weird and even going to Boston there's there's been rumors for the past year that he wants out already yeah what, I don't, well, that's my theory is that it's just his ego because you have know. Hayward Tatum Brown and Al Horford around him all Stars or up and coming stars, and there's just so much attention that yeah. he, I think, he might want. Is he just is he just complacent enough that he wants to be the guy on a bad team? Maybe just, so you're saying go to the Kings. Maybe he just wants twenty five million a year for the rest of his career, run up his numbers, and not really win anything. But I mean, he's got a ring, so I guess if in his I eyes. guess it's just it's very odd. He's he's a very different individual. He thinks yeah. the world is flat. <laughs> That'll be probably the best 30 for 30 we'll ever see if that shit ever comes out, explaining what was going on with him and LeBron. I, I just hope we like, get some clarity with that one day. The Shaq and Kobe that came out, like, eventually down the line, you get right. a, a LeBron and Kyrie. Well, they also came out and, like, said they hated each other. Like, yeah. during all, like, during their yeah runs and all that, so. Yeah. Well, this... It kind of, you know, this next offseason kind of ties into our last question. Um, and that's going to be, what storyline will you be tired of by Christmas? And for me, personally, that's going to be, oh, where's KD going next summer? Oh, he's going this way. He's going this way. He's going that way. He's staying. Blah, 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 blah. I don't, I don't even think KD knows what he's doing yet. Mm, I don't know. He has a tweet. There was a... Where was it, Joe? It was a very interesting tweet. I think it was two days ago um, on what KD might be doing following in a certain someone's footsteps. 
Yeah, so I found this on Twitter. Um, Brandon Robinson, who is a host of a radio show and a writer for B-Ball Society, uh, he wrote, just like LeBron planned his move LA a year ago or more earlier, KD is going to do the same thing this offseason. Uh, they want to form the best duo in the NBA and set up KD to be the face of the Lakers post-LeBron era. Let me just say, a prime Kevin Durant and a still ageless LeBron James would be the greatest duo in the NBA history. Hands down. So I'm sorry, sorry Jordan fans, get hurt. Where do you have Durant all time? To be determined, he could go down top five. I think he might be there, just as a talent. I mean, God, he's seven foot tall. You can't guard him, and he's developed as a defender. He's on pace to be the uh, the highest scorer in the league. He's got two rings now, right, or one? No, he's got two. Yeah, yeah. two, two MVPs, two, two finals, finals, two MVP. finals MVPs, and an MVP. He, what he's got four or five scoring titles. I think he's got the resume to at least be top ten all time, just based on what he's done now, and this trajectory he's on. He'll, I, I think he'd get up to five. Three to he's five. not slowing down. No, he's in his prime right now. Yeah, you you take those two. That's that is. Oh, cake. oh my god! It's it's the best duo I would ever that anyone's ever seen. That's such a scary thing to think about. You know, like LeBron, who is hands down the best athlete, right? I mean, out there right now in basketball, um, and put him with the guy who's right on his tail, KD, who yeah, is hands down the, the best scorer in basketball. He's, I mean, it's 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 crazy. That duo is, is insane. Yeah, it's... Sorry, Shaq. Sorry, Kobe. We'll push you back in another spot. Sorry, MJ. Sorry, Pippen. You're getting pushed back in another spot because, you know what? KD and LeBron would be the greatest duo in the history of the league. Here's an interesting question, though. Late in the fourth, to win the game, we've both seen that they can score the ball. Who do you get the ball to, LeBron or KD? What's the score? How many are you down? <laughs> is it a bucket or a three-pointer? You need a bucket. It's LeBron. He's going straight in the lane. He's either making it or going to the line. That's tough. I'm giving it to him because Durant's going to settle for a you, long jumper. You may give it to him, but, but think about who's going to demand that ball? What was it, game no five? Do you think so? He, he, like, he, he came like Kyrie. out and said that he's not. he doesn't want that pressure. He's not a leader. Yeah, but think so. Like, but just he's, but he's shown it. Look at look at. Game three, two years in a row, pulling up in that same spot, thirty-five feet from the from the hoop. Right. Cool, calm, collected. Well, you can do that when you know that if you miss, Curry will come down and get a bucket the next possession or Clay. That's fair, but I mean, how many times did LeBron defer to Kyrie in the clutch? Well, Kyrie's I'm not a saying shooter. I'm not saying LeBron's not a clutch player because he is. He's a very clutch NBA player. I would say just as many times he's taken over. Yeah. Like. Pretty much every time they play the Wizards, it could it could just be the a shot against Jimmy Butler last year. Yeah, it it could be a situational thing too. It it could be who's hot at the moment. Yeah, because if KD's made three threes in a row, if anything, if I he's think if he's got forty, better. if he's got a forty point game, mm-hmm. you you go to Kevin Durant. And we've kind of seen or over time, vice versa. We've seen over time. You know, LeBron has gotten better in the clutch moments as his career has gone. He's getting older. He's getting better at shooting clutch. I mean, for Christ's sake, last. Season, he, how many game winners did he have in the postseason? Three, four. It's like three, three, three. Yeah. That's crazy. Incredible. Yeah. Um, I think if it was like a buzzer beater, I would give it to KD, like an inbound and shoot. But if you have six seconds on the clock, you'd inbound that to LeBron and let him make a play. 
Let him go to the rim. If he doesn't have anything he can kick out to Durant, who's going to hit it? Right. If you need a three, I'd say give it to LeBron. If you need an inside shot, give it to KD because his his crossover pull-up is just filthy from, from mid-range. See, I'd go the other way around. Would you? KD's a better three-point shooter. And LeBron is a, a fucking truck that just drives to the hole. <laughs> We've seen that LeBron can pull up from literally half court and he can but he, you, why clutch. would you want him to do that when you have Durant like yeah. the same thing when, when Kyrie's there he should be taking that sure. shot that's something that would be interesting it's, to see yeah it would be well we're gonna find you out. know the media would make it a big deal but I'm sure they wouldn't give a shit what do you think uh, can they clear enough space to also get Kawhi Jesus Christ they've got some There's money to throw they have some money to toss around. They do because they taken a, yeah a they signed they signed all these one year deals. Stevenson, <clears throat> Rondo, McGee, all these guys are <clears throat> KCP. They're all one year deals, so they might get enough money off the books to get another max player. Yeah. How much was Luau Deng's contract? Like twenty million. Yeah, it was somewhere around there. It was a lot. <sighs> well, that's gonna wrap it up here with the questions um, for the pod. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show, and if you did, please. Go ahead and like and subscribe. Give us a good review. Um, we can reach more people that way. Get more viewers, hopefully. you know, Be able to keep this thing going once a week is what we're trying to do here. Um, so you can find us both on Twitter, at NBA Quick Report. Um, breaking down you know, trades, stats, all the good stuff in the NBA. Just give us a follow. You'll, you'll thank us later. Special shout out to our friend Joe here. Great to have you on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. And just wanted to say you guys are doing a really good job. I'm looking forward to uh, the upcoming content that you guys are about to be putting out. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Also, don't forget to check out dmvsportsnetwork.com. Give them a follow on Twitter at dmv underscore sn. And if you want to join the team, contact them via Twitter or the website. Again, thanks, guys, for listening. And we will see you again next week.